much. Before we get started, as always, quick plugs this time. I'll try to keep them narrow. Facebook and Instagram, at The Atypical Rainbow. Follow, share, comment. Do all the good stuff and tell your friends. Please tell your friends. Uh, we'd love to have more people listen to our uh, ramblings and our amusing anecdotes. Make sure you check out our old episodes at the ACAST website, acast.com. Just uh, search for The Atypical Rainbow. We're the only one, I think, of that vague kind of name, so shouldn't be hard to find us. Uh, speaking of anecdotes, though, today is a long overdue episode in the series His and History, where we're going to ta- uh, go over some travel tales. So, travel isn't necessarily a big thing for us. Grant and I are generally homebodies, but I can't remember why. So, we started doing these beach and snow holidays. I can't remember why we started doing that. I think that we went to a holiday house when my aunt was over from the UK and you liked it. So then we did it again. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that sounds like me. Controlling old me. So for the last few years, up until, of course, coronavirus, although admittedly, I think we were kind of fading on it before then anyway, every summer we'd spend about four days at the beach. So we'd, we'd um, rent a beach house, you know, not to, somewhere, uh, and we'd stay there. And then during the winter, we'd find some snow location to go boogie boarding. Like we're not skiing or snowboarding kind of fans, but it was really just to kind of get the kids to used Boogie boarding. There's a boogie boarding <laughs> at the snow. We're, we're doing boogie boarding at the beach. Why? Yeah, uh, yes. Not at the snow. Mixing up my uh, mixing up my weather. Anyway, but yeah, it was just really to for a few reasons. One was to get used to them, to the idea of being away from home because mm-hmm. that was something that we were working on in other ways for a while, like um, like babysitting and stuff. Yes, and I think the the, the first time we tr- like we went away with them to try to teach them about being away was when we went on the staycation where we just went to Melbourne. We're, you know, half an hour away and stayed in a hotel with my parents. I vaguely remember that. Did we stay in some sort of, like, service department? Or where did we go there? It was a nice place. That's what I know. It was a kitchen. It was, that... it was this place behind, like, Crown Casino, I think. Yeah, like we, walked around, we walked along near Crown Casino. So it was, it was kind of like somewhere around there. Yeah. I think that was when we were leading up to going to Queensland. Was Queensland our first trip? It was prep. Okay. Well, there you go. But I, I remember the apartment and the kids loved it. They were so happy just, like, seeing different things and checking out the city and, um, like, they could spot out... We went, I think... Did we go up to the Eureka Tower at one point? Or they could spot out, like, our apartment building? I vaguely remember them pointing out the building from far away. Or that might have been at the breakfast place. They used to be obsessed with Eureka Tower. Yes. Like, every time we drove anywhere, they thought they could see Eureka Tower. They'd be like, is that Eureka Tower? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very cute. So Matt, you know, in Eureka Tower they have this platform that goes. It's called the Edge, and it goes outwards. Grant, so Eureka Tower for those who don't know Melbourne is the tallest building in Melbourne. Yes, um, and it has this feature where they basically this sort of mechanized box just kind of rolls its way out of the edge, so you can kind of see all the way down the building. Uh, Grant with his fear of heights couldn't do it, but Matt was very confident and very happy to do it. He did it multiple times. He was so excited. Yeah, so so basically we wanted them to be used to the idea of being away so that we could increase our opportunities to go out. So, obviously my memory sucks. So Queensland was our first trip then. I think so. Mm. There could have been Phillip Island. No, no, I, th- I feel like Phillip Island oh, was... 
between so the summer between prep and grade one. So yeah, so we went to Queensland with the intent to hit the um, the theme park. So we went mm-hmm. to the Gold Coast. They did Movie World, Wet and Wild, and Sea World. Um, Wet and Wild by far was the most successful. They didn't go on any of the big slides. They spent all their time in the kiddie area, but we were there for hours and hours yeah. and hours. Whereas uh, Movie World was a bit of a bust, really. Uh, well, actually, Sea World. Well, yeah, Movie World was the biggest bust because yes. they didn't recognize half of the characters. Well, no, the there. problem was they were into superheroes. But they didn't really know, like, Bugs Bunny and stuff. Yes. And the stuff that was aimed at their age group was all the Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny stuff that they didn't know who anyone was. Yeah. And all the stuff that was superheroes was super scary. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they were not going to go on that. Uh, although, I have to say that... Uh, Though Matt was probably not even tall enough to go on some of it. No. No, he was not. But one of the biggest um, pluses at Movie World was their little driving track. That was adorable. Mm. Uh, so they have like a, a little, you know, um, like, a, like a little mini city. And the kids can drive around these cars. They like, don't go any more than, I don't know, two kilometers an hour. Like, it's it's super slow. The parents can ride on the back if they want to. Or the, kid can just, the kids can just drive themselves. And they went twice. And mm. just had... Absolute blast! Just driving around and crashing into things. <laughs> it's not a it's not a dodging track. That's not the idea, but they did enjoy it. Yeah. But actually, we should go back a little bit and talk about travel preparations. So you know, one of the things we knew going into these sort of trips was we wanted to make sure that essentially we could leave, <laughs> and like if, if the kids got sick of things. Because I, you know, I remember being a kid and being dragged around to things and being miserable and exhausted, and I probably didn't make my parents' lives any easier by being a, a whingy little kid. Oh, you mean leaving the theme parks? Yeah. 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 Or just, yeah, yeah not, not leaving Queensland, necessarily. <laughs> um, although, although, you know, I think on that topic, though, I'm pretty sure, like, because we were very clear to the kids about how long we'd be there for. We negotiated how long. Yeah. We we made them part of the decision process about how long we would be there so they could take ownership of the length of time we were there and they'd already agreed to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that helped. Yeah. But even then, like, by the last day, they were a bit like, why aren't we home yet? <laughs> Just that, that classic kid impression. Yeah, but then we had the answer. Because we're like, Ruby, you chose this because this is the only way we can go to all three of these theme parks. Yeah. And so I think, for for me anyway, the, the key thing that made the holiday less stressful was just having clear expectations. So mm. knowing that the kids weren't going to enjoy everything, they weren't going to be there for necessarily for hours on end, and that we, we, you know, we might end up spending half the day just in the apartment or in the hotel because that's all we could reasonably expect of them, and that's okay. Yes, and also it made them happier and therefore made us happier. Yes. Uh, part of that, of course, is that if you're going to spend half the day in the hotel, you need to make sure you have enough entertainment mm-hmm. uh, to, to occupy them. So, oh, did I can't remember with Queensland whether we had the switches at that point, did we? No, I don't think we had switches at that point. I don't think switches were a thing at that point. Okay, but maybe the iPads. We had some sort of... Well, they had iPads since they were two. Yeah. Like, your mum gave them iPads for their second birthday, so mm. they definitely, by prep, had the iPads and knew how to use them quite well. Yeah. So yeah, we made sure that there was adequate entertainment at the at the hotel, so they could be occupied. Admittedly, I think one of the I remember Queensland. One of the things they loved was the pool, um, yes, because it was where we stayed. Um, it was it was a nice quiet hotel, so there just weren't that many people around for some mm. reason. Um, and so we spent most of the time in the pool just on our own, just the four of us. I, really I nice. think the thing is, Victoria might have been the only place on school holidays that week because there's sometimes offset. <gasps> yes, that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so I think we managed to get there while a lot of other states were still at school. Mm. Yes, now, now that you remind me, I remember that. Um, yeah, so anyway, so, and, and that's the other thing, knowing about crowds, and we're going to come to this a thing a little bit later when we talk about Japan, but sort of being conscious of trying to get to places early and mm-hmm. when it's not as busy and, and all that, I think was, um, was part of the planning as and well. And prioritizing and not wandering aimlessly around. <laughs> so what do you mean? Like getting like a map and going, okay, what, what, what's on now? Let's not assume we're going to be here at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for this show. Let's just look at some shows early in the morning. We'll try to go to the early ones of those. And then we'll try to hit the main things as quickly as possible so that when they do decide they want to go, then we're done. Yeah. I think the only place that we had a problem with that was Movie World. Because early on, we took a photo with a group of superheroes. Yeah. And then... The kids got sick of being there, but our photo hadn't been developed. Yeah, that's right. So we're trying to kill time, waiting for the photo to be developed. Was that... Did we try to kill time with the buffet? Was that the other thing? We went to the buffet and tried to eat really slowly at the buffet. (laughs) That didn't work at all, because I think... I can't remember if it was Matt or Jake, but one of them... And their entire plate was just a plate of corn and cucumber. And that was it. It was just a plate of all these two vegetables. And we were thinking, this is not going to take long for them to eat this. Oh, we need more time. Yeah. Whereas SeaWorld, they really enjoyed the shows. Went yeah. to a lot of shows. And they really got into dolphins. Mm. Jake came away from it with this massive dolphin that was about his size. And he was, what, five, five at the time? Yeah. That, that led to you going to shopping in Queensland for a second suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing we didn't prepare for. Souvenirs. We, yes. We were, we were all prepared for our, you know, autistic children, making sure that they were entertained. And the fact that there were two of them who would, you know, who might have different interests, but didn't prepare for the fact that Jake would buy a, like, three foot dolphin. Yes. <laughs> And that was because your mum gave them some cash. Yeah. And, you know... That's... And they were very smart kids, so they knew exactly how much money they had. Yes. They were very, they're, they've always been very numbers intelligent. Yeah. So, yeah. That was the year I taught Jake how to, like, do, like, six-digit numbers. <laughs> they weren't given six digits worth of money, by the way. There's no... No, there's... but, yeah. <laughs> they, they got more than a five-year-old really should be allowed to have. Yes. <laughs> and because they were acutely aware of their money, they were like, this is our money to spend. We're like... Okay. Yeah. And it's like, oh, look, the biggest soft toy. You know that one that no one ever buys? <laughs> like, I can work out that I have enough money for this giant soft toy now. So so that was Queensland. The, the beach holidays and the snow holidays, I think, were mainly just to spend time with the family. So Grant is, as I think I mentioned before, is, is one of a fairly large, you know, one of three siblings. It's only fairly large to you because you're only child. <laughs> yes, that is true. It's all relative, isn't it? Yeah. A couple of generations back in my, my family, it's like fairly large, like seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going down to the beach or to the snow, you don't really do much that's of a great variety. You know, it's much the same every time. So the first day often went really well. Um, mm-hmm. and, like, I remember we went to, I think it was Lake Mountain in Victoria, and... Um, we had the snowball fight. Was that Lake Mountain or was that Buller? I think it was Lake Mountain. I think it was Lake Mountain because I think it was the first... Yeah, I think we went to Lake Mountain with the cousins and Buller maybe without the cousins? Yeah. Yeah, so it was Lake Mountain. Mm. 
So yeah, so we, um, you know, there was a little playground area with a fort and the kids would throw snowballs at each other and at the, at their grandparents and they did a bit of tobogganing. You know, Jake, Jake was a little bit trepidatious about it. Matt was loving it. Yes. Uh, but thankfully the cousins who are amazing, amazing cousins were just really supportive and would take the kids with them and really encouraging. And it was, it was just really, it was a nice way to... Whoever had to them. Matt got extra turns on the tobogganing. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I know there was some caring going on, but I think there was also some manipulating of how many turns they got versus their brother. Whatever, whatever works, whatever gets Worth working. Us. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We, um, they toboggan past, and you and Jake were making a snow Pikachu. On the oh, the snow Pikachu! I remember making the snow Pikachu. It was so unimpressive. Um, but but then they're obs- a year later. They're like, we have to make a snow Pikachu because that's what we did last time. <laughs> Oh, that was fun, though. I do remember that. I remember that by about the third... Because we only ever really planned to go for about four days each time. Like, we tried not to make it too long, I think. But I remember, like... Yeah, we were there the longest, I think. We'd, we'd normally arrive first. Like, I think the, the first trip, which I think was um, Phillip Island, we were there a day before anyone else. Mm. So, you know, by about day four or five... the the kids lost interest in anything. Like, they didn't really want to go back to the snow. They didn't want to go back to the beach. Uh, they were just... So, you know, usually they just spend the day at home, which, again, we had equipped ourselves for with electronics and other games, and there were board games, usually, because we, we... I think we had the Switches by the time we started doing those holidays. Yes. So, um, yeah, we, we made sure we equipped ourselves, which makes the bag so heavy, because you have to think about chargers and, you know, you base units for the TV and all that kind of stuff. But... You get used to it after a while. Yes. Because then... And it was only one... Like, it was a trip in our own car, so it wasn't too bad. Yes. But then there was Japan. (laughs) Well, it was Vietnam slash Japan. You're just, like, focusing on the bit you like the most. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you focus on the good memories? (laughs) Uh, There was some nice stuff in Vietnam. Vietnam was okay. It was okay. I think, look, the heat, I just, I wasn't a fan of the heat. That always, that always unsettles me. So let's, let's, bit of background. So we'd always intended for my parents to take us to Vietnam and show the kids around, you know, give them, give them a sense of their own heritage, you know, where their grandparents came from and all the different sites and stuff. But my parents are getting older and we hoped that the kids would be in double digits, sort of 10 to 12, just so they could appreciate it a bit better. But with my parents getting older and, and not being as well as they could be, um, we thought better not to wait till we lose, you know, to lose the opportunity entirely, and it's better just get us all over there. Yes, and considering we came back in January 2020, <laughs> we might have timed it very well. <laughs> <laughs> Prophetic, obviously. We knew, we knew, psych- psychically, we knew that we had to get it all out of the way before, um, before we were going to be locked down. No. Um, it was just a happy coincidence. Yeah. Like, I, I think that we would be having regret if we hadn't done it. If we put it off for a year, mm. it would have we would probably be regretting it around now. Mm. So we we decided that we want to go to Vietnam, and we planned, I think, roughly a two-week holiday, but then my dad, who is is a, a lovely dad, but just doesn't 
necessarily seem involved until suddenly something kind of sparks up and all of a sudden he's super involved. He declared to us, he's like, no, Vietnam's too boring for the kids. We need to go to Japan as well. And at no point prior to this conversation had we ever considered that possibility. And he said it, we're like, that's a brilliant idea. Let's do that. And it turned out to be this amazing... Truly a brilliant idea. (laughs) Just worked so well. So the way the trip was split up was we went to... We had Japan in the middle. So we flew Air Vietnam into Vietnam stayed there for a few days then i feel like it was was it like four eight four yeah that was my gut reaction that's what i feel like it was so yeah so four days in vietnam eight days in japan four days back in vietnam and so the first four days in vietnam um were a lot about uh sightseeing and about Mm -hmm. visiting old older places like for historical places for my parents so we went to visit my mum's old uh catholic boarding school that she Mm -hmm. she used to attend and went past her old house yeah but obviously we didn't go in yeah and what else did we do did we go to the orphanage? I think it was yeah. the orphanage at that point. So my parents fund uh, an orphanage through the Catholic Church in Vietnam. So they went to visit and we, we gave the kids presents. Not our kids' presents, the orphanage kids' presents. Um, they all got, you know, a bit of money as well. So again, sort of part of the other thing is we want the kids to develop some gratitude for the things they had. Mm-hmm. Not that they were ungrateful up until that point. Like, it was really... I think it was more preemptive than anything else. Because uh, our kids have always been very good with money. They're not They're not excessive spenders, despite the dolphin story. Um, as they've gotten older... There's been a few stories. Yeah. <laughs> they're very good now. They're very good now. They're very They're very a- appreciative of what they have. Yes. And, and when they aren't good, it's generally because, you know, advertising affects children. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Indeed. So we can't really blame them for that. Mm. Uh, but once again, we, we were well equipped. So we brought switches and iPads. We had So every electronic we could possibly have, we had. We made sure we knew where the Wi-Fi, what the Wi-Fi password was at all places. We're quite willing to spend a day in a hotel. Yes. Just, just say, today is a nothing day. We're in a hotel. Switches and iPads for the day. Yeah. Uh, and, and thankfully, my parents were happy to go with that. Because I, I remember when I was young, my... My mum, my grandma, and I went to Hong Kong, and I distinctly remember being dragged around everywhere because that's what my mum wanted to do. And admittedly, she couldn't leave me, you know, on my own anywhere. So that, in in essence, that's kind of understandable. But I I think that kind of informed my experience in this one, saying, "All right, look, there." I told my parents very clearly, "There are just going to be some days that the kids aren't going to going to want to do anything. You just have to accept that." Yes, and but if, I think at least this time she was free. She, she could just go and do whatever she wanted. Yes, and that that was the big difference. So my parents then would do their own thing. They yeah. they might visit you know f- friends or family, or they might um go go do their own shopping or whatever. But that was their choice, and so we all just kind of did our thing. Which actually, I think for us is a really essential part of any holiday. Just the ability yeah. to move, like the freedom of movement, at least to some degree, you know. And I think also with like the beach and the snow holidays, because there was like six adults. We could we could have a situation where one or both of our kids just wanted to spend the day at home, and there'd be an adult who would spend the day with them. Yeah, I, I'm actually on one of the beach holidays, and I, I I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Sorrento, maybe. Um, it was our wedding anniversary while we were there, and we just happened to be across the road from this like 
three or four star restaurant. So I, I booked us in, and so the kids could wave to us. Yeah, we waved to the restaurant. We were out of the front veranda, just having this really lovely Greek meal. It was it was really nice. But yeah, we could we could do that because your parents were around to look after them, and they knew where we were, and it was all and they didn't want to go, which was fine by us. Yeah. So I I feel like if you're traveling with a single adult and two kids, it can be a very different situation. Yes. Yeah, that is true. I mean, in, in that situation, again, you, it's kind of just the adult accepting that they can't do everything. Oh, but even, like, in Vietnam, like, you could go out and get us lunch. True. Like, if it was just me and the kids, even though I'd be like, oh, I know you kids want to stay here, but we have no food. Mm. <laughs> you Like, you have to come out into the street, at least to a restaurant, so I can get some food. Yes. Although Vietnam does have their own Uber Eats. I can't remember what it's called. We had to download the app and never used it, but they did have their own version of Uber Eats. It was so, but anyway, hey, look, different time. You know, this is. Yes, uh, I imagine there was no Uber Eats in Hong Kong when your mom in the nineties. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Devil's advocate. I'm pretty sure there wasn't. Yeah, but so so Vietnam. The first part of Vietnam went okay. Then there was Japan. So we started in. Well, no, there was there was an issue in Vietnam, which was that your mum wanted to show the kids off to everyone and kept having these meals. <gasps> oh yes, I remember now. So so and Jake. Yeah, Jake got sick of meeting new people. So my my mum also has has been doing charity stuff for ages now, um, which is quite incredible. And she she supported a number of um, medical students through their medical uh, sort of studies. So paid for textbooks and tuition and all kinds of things. So one night she had a dinner to sort of gather them all up. And, yeah, she kept wanting to show us off to them. Now, two problems. One, my Vietnamese is the worst. Um, and you don't speak Vietnamese, nor do our kids. So we were a bunch of, you know, outsiders sitting at the end of a table, not understanding really what was going on. But then my mom kept trying to, yeah, put Jake and Matt in photos and mm. introduce them to people. And, you know, by the time we got to, like, towards the end of the night, Jake didn't even want to be in a photo. Like, he was just so sick of people. Yeah. And and we, I mean, she got it eventually. Once she once the meltdown happened, she was fine. But I think I know. I I think you and I kind of went. This is not going to work. <laughs> uh, but hey, societal expectations. This is the problem, really, yes. isn't it? It's not the individual. This is what society expects. Jake from. versus societal expectations. I think I wrote a blog post about that once. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I think it was all about the suddenly random people turning up and him being asked to kiss them. <laughs> Telling kids they don't have control over their bodies, <laughs> mm. and once again, that just, like that's that got better thanks to training and understanding. Mm. So all the grandparents know that Jake doesn't really like hugs. Yep, um, they might occasionally ask for one, but they know that it's not something that they can assume they get or they're entitled to. Uh, so it might just be a high five or in the midst of coronavirus, an elbow, an elbow tap. Yes, uh, which... or away from the other side of the house during coronavirus. Yep. <laughs> Which, again, suited him very nicely. Yes. So, mm. Were there any other things in Vietnam before I move on? Um, I think the only other thing I was thinking about was technically, I think, when we got back. Okay. Which was the dinner that where um, you took the kids off and they were spotting rats. What? <laughs> it's like, it was like a restaurant where like all like we're on platforms on a river or something. And it was... <gasps> yes. And they just spent the entire time... Like, it was... It wasn't unsanitary because it was basically... Outside. Outside platforms Next to the on a river. river. Yeah. <laughs> but it actually went much better 
despite being another one where it was just random people that your mum wanted to show them off to. Because they played a game where they just spotted rats. I don't, yes, it, it started with just a singular rat that kept jumping in and out of things. And then, and then yes, their other, other friends joined them. Then there was a cat on the beach for some reason that they were also fascinated by. Yeah, we were trying to see if the cat would see the rats. And so that, that was particularly funny because, because we, were, we were sort of on like a tributary or whatever. So the, all, the, all, the, all the tables were up on stilts, so high stilts above the river. But there was an actual main part of the river, like the big river next to us. And there were these beautiful floats that were like, they lit up and they shot water. And I kept trying to go to them. Look at the floats. How pretty are they? Nah, rats. Loving the rats. <laughs> and just going, you know what? This is entertaining you. I don't care. Like, just... As long as you don't touch them, I'm fine. I'm fine with us looking at the rats. So, then came Japan. So, we started in Tokyo. Yes, we started in Tokyo. Yeah, because we wanted to do Disneyland first. Uh, so, we stayed... Uh, my, my, so, actually, I should go back a little step and say that my, my parents planned out this entire trip for us, which was amazing. Um, and they were really quite conscious of making sure that wherever we stayed was close to wherever we wanted to be. Um, so, Tokyo was an interesting one because in order to get to Tokyo, the only flight available left at midnight, I think it was. It was some, it was some ridiculous time later yeah, at night. So, so we could... pretty much midnight, or we were, like, in the airport by midnight. Yeah. Yeah, so, it was an overnight flight. So we had to keep the kids up in order to be in the airport. I mean, I think they slept a little bit in the airport, but not much. Um, and then they, you know, they slept on the flight. You didn't sleep at all because uh, you and was that the and... time that like your parents and the kids all fell asleep in the like first class lounge? Yeah, no, oh, I can't remember. There was now. a point where they all fell asleep. Yeah, but we weren't allowed in because we didn't have first class and we weren't the guests of first class. That's right. Yeah, oh, was that was that Japan? Anyway, yes, it was. Something. It would either be in Vietnam to Japan or Japan to Vietnam. Mm. Anyway, yes, it was. It was those times. So my parents again did put a lot of effort into things. So they they flew business class because mum works very hard for what she for what she earns, um, and she had guest passes so the kids could look after. She would look after the kids and give them somewhere to be comfortable and quiet, which was amazing. Like that made such a difference for them because we wouldn't have been able to provide that. But also, it was nice to have some time to ourselves too, just to. Yeah, we had, we had a restaurant where I think we ate when we we're flying out of Vietnam to Japan, and when we we're flying out of Vietnam to Australia, we ate at the same restaurant. Mm. Uh, but our so we arrive in in Tokyo, and and just f- as soon as we landed, beautiful, beautiful experience. Um, so we went through passport control, and the kids had their their like soft toy Pokemon out um, the whole time. Uh, the, the airport is decorated in, in Nintendo stuff. Mario, Peach, Toad, Yoshi, everywhere. Um, at one point, uh, they were... Uh, the, what happened with the passport guy? So the passport control guy was just chatting to Matt about Pikachu and whether Pikachu had a passport. And yeah, it was just really nice. And I think we just come from Vietnam where the, all the control people were very serious and a bit scary. Oh god! So to have a passport control guy just joking with a you know an eight year old <laughs> just made the experience so much less stressful. Yeah, we should talk about Vietnam actually because I oh, that was a, a debacle for for a few like so the thing was Vietnam, as far as we're aware, still has some homophobia in their system, right? Um, we've heard differently from different people. Like, I think I've, uh, some some friends of mine uh, who are gay and have been in Vietnam, they, they believe that there is certainly, a, a, like, a rainbow culture there, um, but it may not necessarily be out it's in the It's not open. in the military, I don't think. <laughs> no. So, when 
Grant and I went to Passport Control. We made the conscious decision to essentially go in separately. So Grant took the kids and I went in separately because I have the Vietnamese surname, so I will be judged differently to the white guy. Yeah, and I also had the matching surname. To the kids, exactly. So it just it made a lot more sense. But then you had your own troubles that we didn't expect. Yeah, I like it was actually, I think when we were leaving right at the end that the guy got really confused and started asking bizarre questions about was my wife Vietnamese? And I'm like, no, my wife's not Vietnamese. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, like, I, I don't know what caused it. Like, I checked later whether there was something, because Paul's parents were born in Vietnam. I wondered if maybe there was something that said I had a family member who, you know, my, an in-law who was born in Vietnam. Um, but I don't know what caused him to suddenly ask so many questions, but he sort of asked the questions, but then... Gave up. But it was a bit scary. Mm. And then we had to explain to the kids why we had to do things separately. And look, mm-hmm. we could have arguably done it all together, but I, I, I didn't... We weren't made to feel comfortable to do it. Yeah. So I, I think we made the right decision overall, but it was a very awkward conversation to have with the kids. Um, yeah, That so that wasn't particularly pleasant. Whereas, yes, again, Japan, just super friendly the whole yes. time. No concern. Never felt uncomfortable. No. And then, um, so in in Japan, the best way to travel is by train. Everyone will tell you that. They're right. Um, But you can buy this thing called a JR Rail Pass. So it's basically like a passport to get you across most of the the train networks in Japan. Um, And at one point, Jake, I went to go organize that and Jake came with me and had a Yoshi toy. And he started playing with the lady at the counter. Like he pretended that Yoshi was just above the counter, like a, like a Sesame Street puppet and danced around. And she thought it was so cute that she gave him this massive handful of Pocky, which are these like biscuits with chocolate at the end. And I went, this is lovely, but I have no hands to carry this. <laughs> I had to like juggle and give some to Jake and go, can we need to take this back to the family, okay? Let's let's go. Um, but it was it was so sweet, just yeah, really cute stuff. Yeah, and there was also a point where we got off a train, and the um, the girls who were working behind the counter at the train like fangirled over <laughs> Matt's soft toy Pikachu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the one the one of the few Japanese words I remember from when I was in high school was kawaii, which means cute. And I heard that word a lot. And it was hilarious because there was there were three women in the back just commenting on on Matt. And there was the guy who was actually serving us. So this very stern face, this kind of oh not this again kind of face. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, that was in Osaka, I remember, because that was outside the station at yes. Universal Studios. Yeah, so Disneyland went went quite well overall. Yeah. The that was where Matt discovered Baymax from the series Big Hero Six. He didn't intend to buy it. I was buying it for me, and then and then Matt decided to take ownership of Baymax because he's a very soft toy. Yes, um, and is is now he's been a permanent fixture for since, ever since. He's multiplied. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> the second Baymax turned up. Um, but yeah, Disneyland was a, was a really good was a good time had all round really. We had, yeah, I think so. The weather was was generally not terrible. Disney Sea mm. was a, was a different experience. Yeah, we went to Disney Sea when it was practically snowing. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, we went on the rides. Their kids sections were very well run. Most most of the people who worked there spoke at least a little bit of English, so we didn't have too much trouble. Yeah, actually, no, you know, I'm and, then, and their maps were very good because they said, you know, here's some things to say and like. Like you point, like it had instructions about how to ask for directions from someone, 
without having to speak the same language as them. I should go back though. Wasn't the first day we were in Tokyo when we went to the Poke- Pokemon Center? Like I remember we were exhausted. Yeah, so we went to, yeah, I think I I remember that because I had not slept for <laughs> about 30 hours by that point. But yes, we went to the Poke Center. Cuz the problem was we'd got we'd arrived at 8 o'clock in the morning, but most hotels don't check you in till like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So we had hours and hours to kill. Yeah, and the kids slept on some benches, but I did not sleep on benches because I'm not as adorable when I'm sleeping on benches in public. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to we had to make a decision whether we were just going to loiter about the hotel lobby because we weren't even allowed to use the amenities um, mm. or whether we were going to go. And so after a lot of back and forth, we just committed to going into town. Um, because we were all sleep deprived, we decided to take a taxi, which was a debacle in and of itself, trying to, you know, order a taxi and order one back, you know, all while not being able to speak Japanese. Thank God for Google Translate, because that made a big difference. Um, but we eventually got to the Pokemon Center, which is, which is just like a level in a shopping center. Like, it it wasn't its own theme park or anything. Uh, but the kids and us went kind of nuts. My parents decided to sit on a bench and wait for us to, to, to be finished, which was understandable. Your mum bought some Pokemon. Mm, that's true. And the kids taught her the different names. She bought all the ones with like flowers because she <laughs> liked those. Yeah. Very cute. So, but uh, yeah, the kids just went absolutely crazy just buying all kinds of different toys. And look, it was super crowded, but they did really well. Like mm. they, weren't, they weren't overwhelmed by it in any way. They're just amazed by all these toys. And the most recent Pokemon, Pokemon Sword and Shield, had only just come out like fairly recently, I think, at that point. So a lot of the toys... Yeah, maybe it came out in... I think it came out in like November. They got it for Christmas. Yeah. And then we had left on the, like, the 5th of January. Mm. So, the copies came with us, and they, so they've been playing them all the way through Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, so that so then there was that, and then there was a Pokemon cake shop, which the line went forever, but the kids, again, very patiently waited, and were very excited to eat their... I left. You did. You were not, you were not interested. <laughs> I think in I went food. to check on your parents, but I was like, hey, I don't, I don't need to be in this line. <laughs> no. But they had uh, an Al Creamy, like, ice cream, and they had a Pikachu cupcake, and... Um, again, all, all very adorable and yeah, just, yeah, they, they loved it. Um, I, for some reason, I have this distinct memory of being served at the Poke Center by, um, by the, by the woman. Uh, and like, you know, I know some cursory Japanese and I try to be polite and use the language where possible. But the problem is because I'm kind of generically Asian, like people mm. often can't tell where I'm from. She just started talking to me in rapid Japanese and I had to go, no, 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 Australian, Australian. And she, she didn't switch to English or anything, but she did her best to use gestures and point to things. And I'm like, I think I get the context. Cool. Thank you. But it just, it was all very friendly and upbeat and oh, just a really positive experience mm. that, yeah so that was that was the first day and then we obviously by the time we got back to the hotel we just crashed um, oh yeah like we got back to the hotel and it was like I have a bed now I am going to sleep I think the three of you just like were loud in the room I did not care I slept <laughs> I was so tired um, what, are, what are your memories of the first part of of Tokyo particularly other than being really tired and sleeping <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know, like the, so we went to the Nintendo store as well, which was a bit insane. Oh, right. So that was, that was a few, I think that was a few days in. So we... Yeah, so it might have been the Pokemon store, then Disneyland. Then Nintendo, then, then Disney C, I think. I think Disney was last. No, it? we did Disney C after coming back from Osaka. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the Nintendo store. The Nintendo store had only just opened maybe a few months prior, but we didn't do our research and we really, really should have because they sell, they're not sell, they give out tickets for people um, sort of early in the morning. So if you're outside the store at, say, 8 o'clock, you'll then be inside the time which you can enter. Otherwise, you have to wait in line. So, but we'd also planned to go watch a sumo wrestling tournament on the same day. And I just thought, eh, we'll just go to the Nintendo store, pop in, pop out, go to the sumo wrestling thing. So we got there... And in, the sign said it was a two-hour wait or something. It was something like that. And the line, they, they're clearly not prepared for it because it was on, like, the sixth floor of a shopping centre. And the line went down the fire escape. so All the way to the ground. Yeah, all the way to the ground. And we had, throughout, we kept thinking, okay, what do we do? Do we commit to this and just stick with it or do we give up on it and go to the sumo wrestling? And we asked the kids what they wanted to do and they said they wanted to own the Nintendo store more than the sumo wrestling. Yeah, which was understandable. So we, we committed to it and thankfully, something, the universe looked after us. For some reason, it just started moving really quickly and by the time we got to the, to the actual entrance, the sign had been changed from two hours to 45 minutes and I think we probably had been waiting about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we got in, got again, went a little bit nuts, made friends with a guy in the line in front of us, this American from Texas who was there on a, like a teaching job, like teaching English in Korea and, and then we, we barely, barely managed to make it to the sumo, sumo match because essentially we, got, we had to meet all at this bus station, right? Right? So we knew where we were going, we'd planned it all out, we used our Google Maps well, and by the time we got the translation, I said, okay, you guys walk, I'm going to like sprint to the bus station, to the, like where the, everyone's waiting for us, and say, I'm sorry, we're late, but we're coming, we promise, and it, was, it all worked out yeah. just fine. Uh, but the sumo wrestling was also, the kids also enjoyed it up to a point. Like they enjoyed the, we, we did a little bit of like a non-money bet kind of who would win competition. Um, and we got into like the, the spirit or everything, everyone chanting and cheering. Um, but I think, yeah, towards like there was meant to be a dinner afterwards and all of us just went, nah. Yeah. We're just, we're, just, we're ready to go. So we ended up getting dinner at the train station on the I way think, I think we ended up seeing a pretty impressive sumo match because like they almost... The undefeated guy got beaten by an underdog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so just it, that that was quite fortuitous. <laughs> then we went to Osaka. So Osaka was where Universal Studios was, and that was amazing. Yes. Main highlights. Uh, so Osaka was awesome because it had just as many good rides as Disneyland, but much less um, lines. Yeah. So there was points where we'd basically go on to like a ride and then we, the kids would want to go again, we'd line up and we'd be like, the next one's on the line right again. <laughs> yeah. Because this was, look, it was a pretty cold day in January. So yeah. there just, there weren't that many people, it was mostly locals um, from what we could tell anyway, but... It, it worked well for us. We had prepared ourselves. We brought warm clothing, um, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like raining heavily or anything. So we just we wandered through just kind of a, a Melbourne day. Like you know, we were very yeah. used to it. And we went on a ride. I really enjoyed. The kids did not enjoy it, so I never get to go on it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because you might be able to remember. Like in Japan, adults can ride kids' rides just fine, and nobody cares. No, that that, that is true. But I'm not sure if the kids would wait for me. I feel like I was missing out too much. Yeah. 
What else? Uh, what else about Universal Studios? So the one thing I was disappointed by was that we didn't get a chance to go to the Harry Potter world. Um, largely because by that, by the time we'd gotten through what the kids wanted to do, the kids were exhausted. It was about three o'clock. So we sort of walked through Hogsmeade a little bit, bought some wands, but mm-hmm. then we had to turn back and we never really got another chance to, to go in again. So it, we're, we're hoping once the travel restrictions ease, and particularly if we, go, we can go to Japan, we'll want to make some time to be able to go to Harry Potter World. Yes. Because Nintendo, the Nintendo World is now just at Universal Osaka. Yes. So we'll definitely go back there for the new stuff. And we can do some of the stuff we missed last time. Yeah. So, um... We also did that, um... We went to that castle. Yeah, we went to the Osaka castle, which was fine. Again, the kids didn't really engage, because mm-hmm. culture and, and, you know... Uh, we enjoyed the walk. <laughs> yeah. Because it was a crazy walk. Lots of, lots of narrow stairs. Um, uh, and, you know, we had a nice lunch while we were mm. there. So, it was okay. But, uh, yeah, it was unfortunately just not quite the thing that they were looking for. Yeah. Mm. It was a nice change of pace. Yeah. And then, yeah, we came we came back to Tokyo for a few days because we had to fly out from Tokyo back to Vietnam. And went yeah. to Disney Sea when it was pretty much snowing. Yeah. Um, freezing and miserable. And... Yeah. So we, we managed to spend a lot of time in the Little Mermaid area because it had a roof. Yeah, that's right. It was all undercover, which worked much better. And then we, we saw fireworks and then realized they were the same fireworks we'd seen from Disneyland, just from a slightly different direction. <laughs> and I don't know why that didn't occur to us. <laughs> We just wanted it all. That's, we, yeah, we assumed it would get a different experience, even though they're next door to each other. We should have. Yeah, we out. probably should have realized that you couldn't really have one at one without it being seen by both. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then back to Vietnam. But yes. but o- like overall, you know, the, the I think the the trip went exceptionally well. But it taught they us they did a few really things. really good for sixteen days away. Yeah, they really did. It's a lot longer than any other trip they've done. Like, barely any complaints about when we're going back to Australia. Like, I think originally there were a few questions, but it didn't seem like it was a desperate need to go back. Yeah. They um, more needed days off than they needed to go back. Which, yeah, yeah. And so having a nice hotel... And Jake really liked the hotel in Vietnam that we stayed in. Yeah, he did. So it was kind of... It almost felt like a homecoming when we came back from Japan. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, learnt, we learnt lessons. You know, knowing, knowing what the kids wanted, keeping them occupied, knowing that sometimes we're going to have to miss out on stuff, so maybe scheduling in time, like, just spreading it out the days a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, we just wanted to do a bit of a teaser first, just to A, mm. see how the kids went in an, on an overseas trip, um, and on a long-haul flight as well, um, and also B, you know, um, what what how we can schedule it out a little bit. So we, we kind of knew we weren't necessarily going to see everything. We, we were lucky to see what we did, mm. but... Now we now we know better for next time. Yes. And we also know what we like. Like, we all really, really like Japan. Yes. <laughs> I think we're all pleasantly surprised by how much we like Japan. Yeah. So, key, t- key travel tips for travelling with twins and autistic kids? Uh, build up slowly, I'd say. Like, it was, like, probably at least a four-year process to go from, you know, staying overnight in your own capital, like, your own city, mm. all the... To up to doing, you know, 16 days overseas. Yeah. Like, we... It was a process. Mm. And we got there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, keep your expectations low. Know that you might have to just leave something halfway through because the kids are over, and that's okay. Yeah, like, don't expect to be at a theme park more than half a day. Yeah. If you if you get lucky, like we did at Wet n Wild, you might get more time, and then, like I did, get sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> but mo- more, more often than not, half a day is all you're going to get. Yeah. 
Um, and we did find going early was the best thing because there's less people. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so plan to, plan to be there as early as possible and be, be equipped with something to entertain them at the hotel. So having a really nice hotel helps, but just know that you might spend half a day in a hotel. And once again, that is fine. That that's all you can do. I listen to a lot of podcasts. (laughs) I think I've watched a lot of TV. So really not that different from being at home. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> all right let's leave it there um 45 minute uh, episode well done for getting through thanks for listening and we hope you check out the next one